Hi, I'm Kira McAllister and you're listening to QUB Voices. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons license. We're on Twitter, Spotify and iTunes. Hello and welcome to our second episode of February, focusing on building a community at Queen's. In episode one, we talked about how PhD students have developed support mechanisms and initiatives to help bring people together and feel connected during COVID-19. Usually in episode two, we would spotlight a researcher who's working in this area. But this month, we've decided to hand over to the students' union officers who have been working tirelessly to support us throughout the pandemic. Tasha, Elena and Lydia have been doing so much work behind the scenes to make sure that we are supported by the university. And so I've been asking them how they can help us feel connected to the postgrad community. much for coming to speak to us today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're doing behind the scenes, all the campaigning and uh, work that's happening that we don't really see until it's done a lot of the time. So it'll be nice to hear uh, what's going on in the background. Um, I think, can we just begin with introductions? Um, Let our listeners know who you are, what you study, what your role is and kind of what you're working on for us. Yeah, sure. I can go first. Uh, my name is Tasha Montgomery and I'm your student officer for postgraduates. Uh, so I work full time in the SU representing all the postgraduate student needs uh, and campaigning for on your behalf on a range of different topics. Uh, I did my master's at Queen's doing mathematics and I'm partway through my PhD in pure mathematics at the moment before I took my sabbatical off this year. Uh, I'll pass over to Elena. We'll go alphabetically. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Elena Byrne, and I am the part-time postgraduate taught students officer in, in, the, in the Students' Union. Um, I am currently a master's student on the Arts and Humanities course, and then within that, my discipline is um, in Spanish. And yeah, Lydia, you're next. Cheers. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, as Elena said, I am Lydia Roots. Uh, I am this year's part-time research, uh, sorry, postgraduate research officer. Very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did my undergraduate here at Queen's uh, studying biomedical science. And I am currently in the last few months of my PhD in medicine, actually working with uh, mesenchymal stem cells to try and treat chronic lung disease. Fun. <laughs> All of your uh, disciplines are just so alien to me. I can't even imagine what your day-to-day research experience would look like compared to mine where I just sit and read novels most of the day. (laughs) Sounds like real research, real hard work. Um, So valid. You'd be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all of you are working then for 
graduate students in a different way. Today, we're talking about how postgrads can build a community at Queen's. So we're thinking about different ways that we can feel like we belong at Queen's. When you're doing research, um, a lot of the time you're working on something independently. Um, you're the only person looking at what you're looking at. Um, it can be quite easy to feel alienated and all of this coming before we consider pandemics and lockdowns and quarantine and social distancing and all the rest. Um, so I'm thinking about those people who are maybe listening today and are feeling like they don't have a network that they can depend upon at the minute. Elena, I know you're the community assistant, so maybe we'll start with you here. Um, can you talk us through maybe some of the grad school initiatives and services that are available for people feeling like this? Yeah, so basically um, the graduate school, obviously everything has been moved online. Um, since September so there are a few initiatives which I've participated in myself as well as a master's student and they've been very helpful Um, one that I really enjoyed is Shut Up and Write Um, I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with it but I think most people should be but that's basically where you um, you write for 25 minutes and then you have a break for five minutes write for another 25 minutes and a break for another five minutes and that's every Monday and Friday from one until four and that's obviously hosted online by one of the community assistants and even though you are taking those 25 minutes to work on your individual work you still know that other people are are there online with you and it's quite nice to have that break as well to chat with other people and I feel like it's a very productive means of getting your work done too as well as connecting with other people. Um, The Graduate School also hosts a book club every Tuesday the postgraduate book club and um, it's from five until seven and then there's mindful meditation on a Wednesday and then rejuvenation yoga on a Thursday as well and I think they're just quite good ways of reaching out to people with different interests as well because you know someone mightn't have the time to participate in the book club but they might want to do meditation Um, so I think the graduate school is doing a great job in that sense we're as much as being online is very difficult, those activities are actually very beneficial as well in helping you progress with your work, but also connecting to other students that are in the same position. Yeah, I think what I really like as well um, is this podcast itself is a postgrad-led initiative and Mm -hmm. the Graduate School does give us these opportunities to come up with our own ideas for ways that Mm -hmm. we would like to build community and ways that we'd like to connect with other people. And there's that funding there available for it too, which we've been um, very grateful to have won um, last month. Um, so if you have an idea for something, if maybe a book club isn't for you, but you'd like to, mm-hmm. I don't know, have a virtual knit-a-thon or something like that, <laughs> um, there's funding there available and there's kind of opportunities to develop communities in kind of new and yeah. innovative ways. Uh, and the book club's one of those Um was student-led as well so there's a mixture then of like things that are run by the graduate school and then things that are run by students but you know supported by the graduate school um some of these are quite formal so um the shut up and write is obviously um run by the graduate school and it has a set routine and a set kind Mm -hmm. of time and date and this is what you have to do when you're coming to it um, but there's some social events that have been happening as well. Tasha, do you want to tell us a bit about those? Yeah, so the Graduate School obviously does a lot of things in terms of like your academic um, 
like community building. Um, the SU, so the Students' Union on Elmwood Avenue, does a lot of things uh, in terms of more of a societal impact on community building in that respect. We have a lot of different uh, groups that uh, we organise and uh, run. We also have lots of different clubs and societies that students can still get involved in. A lot of the time, postgrads, especially research students, don't feel like they belong within the undergraduate clubs and society networks. Yet a lot of clubs and societies find that the added experience, like the, just the world experience of postgrads can bring a different spin and a different take on a lot of the society's like ideas and um, expectations and events that they run. So I think that postgrads should understand that they feel valued within those communities. And if you have an interest that, you know, the clubs and societies foster, then don't feel afraid to join in with those. Um, in terms of things that the student union are actively running, though, there's the climate action group. So that's for, that's open to all students, including postgrads. And actually at the moment, it's mainly postgrads that are attending, but it's every Tuesday evening at five. Um, again, that's basically what it says on the tin. It's climate action, uh, fighting for a green new deal, making sure that the UN sustainability development goals are fostered within the whole infrastructure of our education systems. There's also Project Choice. There's a load of different international societies. And in terms of our community building for them, what we have done is start up uh, international uh, weekday drop-ins. So they are running on, I believe it's Tuesdays and Fridays, but that is for international students uh, who don't feel like they belong in any specific communities or have different like interests to be able to go and work. And it's kind of like the shut up and write. But um, it's fostering that for the international student community, including those postgrads. Uh, and then there's also different roundtables that we're holding to try to get student involvement and get student feedback and try to build those communities within those networks. So we're holding um, postgrad roundtables, including our uh, postgraduate rep forums that are happening. And that's all to help in bedding the research culture and the community aspect of that so making sure that our voices are heard throughout the whole process um, yeah so yeah um, those are all available on the student union's website um in terms of events that are happening and then you know from having katie on before that she was running her well-being cafes uh they've now changed the name as it were this premise is the same but we're calling it catch-up cafe now so that students know that whatever they feel like they need to be um, talking about they have someone there to talk those are being held on Mondays and Tuesdays I believe or Mondays and Thursdays I apologize that's great um I think that what you're saying there about the SU is actually so important it's something that um I kind of felt whenever I started my PhD um when I was doing my undergrad in Queens I was really involved with clubs and societies I was in the drama society I was uh VP of the Drama Society and it was my life like you know that was where all of my friends came from and like my um social life revolved around um the events that we ran and stuff and then when I came back for my PhD I felt a bit like oh I'm too old for that or uh, those groups aren't really for me or you know I have to stick with the graduate school but it's completely not the case you know graduate school tailors things towards graduate students but in no way can you only join things that the graduate school runs. And, um, yeah, like some of those, um, societies in the SU, like you're right, would definitely benefit from, um, 
a more experienced voice in some of them. Yeah. And, and actually that's sort of similar to my actual like experience with Clausen Societies. I was a member of quite a few during my undergraduate and then got roped into being president of the Dragon Slayer Society in my first year of the PhD because they wanted someone with a bit more experience, you know, to help like foster that community within that uh, society. And I feel like it really does help give you something in addition, I think, like you said at the start, when you're so fixated on your one aspect of your research and that's all you're thinking about, it can be really helpful to be able to have something else aside from that to look forward to or to focus attention on so you don't get completely absorbed within, you know, it's good in many aspects to be absorbed within your research and you should enjoy what you're doing. But there is a point where it can become a fixation and you can't sort of break away and take a step back. And I think the clubs and societies are a great way for students to allow themselves that time to step away from their research and reflect on what they've been doing. Yeah, I think the sports clubs especially, you maybe wouldn't feel an age difference as much on playing on a pitch or playing on a court or whatever sport you're playing. <laughs> um, you know, I think that it's one of those you have you have a ready made team really that you're coming into um and yeah exercise obviously a great way to kind of take your mind off thinking uh so yeah no definitely some great suggestions there um i want to kind of change tone here a little bit um obviously we're talking about building community and kind of the impacts that coronavirus have had on you know making us all feel somewhat kind of disconnected from uh the university um it's hit us in different ways and it's kind of brought to the fore the many issues that um, research students are dealing with, whether it's disabilities or um, childcare or other care and responsibilities. Um, and we're all kind of trying to navigate our own individual circumstances while still feeling like we're part of something. Um, there's also been the financial aspect that this has had on um, postgrads. Um, and obviously there's been some controversy surrounding um, funding extensions and um, yeah, the additional support that research students have. Um, I know that Tasha and Alina, you've been doing some work on this um, and great work from what I've heard in terms of getting equipment and getting space for us. Um, can you talk us through what's been going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, the first really big thing has been our Fund Our Postgrads campaign that launched in uh, November uh, fully. Um, it's its goal really is to allow for more students to access postgraduate education um, and, pr- and remove the barriers that uh, having to put upfront money towards like your master's or a PhD um, entails. In particular, the fees continue to be slowly but steadily increasing and we feel like this is obviously not what we want. As a student union we advocate for free liberated education. That is our stance, that is the policy that we abide by and we fight every opportunity for that because we feel like education is a public good. However the Fund Our Postgrads campaign was really spurred on by the fact that master's students uh, in particular have been facing an increase in the cost and PhD students have been feeling um, unsupported in terms of the pandemic support. So I don't know if Elena, if you'd like to talk a little bit about how the postgrad campaign went, and then I can talk a little bit about the financial aspects that we have going forward. Yes, yeah, so um, myself and Tasha were working with um, Chloe as well from the SU and with um, Ellen from NES USI and then some members um, from 
different unions and um, postgrad campaigns across the UK. And basically, um, fund our postgrads. We are we're just trying to raise awareness, basically, of the fact that um, the five thousand five hundred postgraduate tuition fee loan, as it stands, won't cover any any course um, for master students. So we are all mostly out of pocket, at least by a grand, I would say, by the time we even get to begin our course, which is difficult for a lot of people because um, some people have come out of undergraduate and they've just come out of undergraduate, so they maybe haven't had the same chance to work and save money um, to start their studies in September. Then some people, you know, are coming back after a lot, like a good few years away from education um, and they have maybe families or they have other full-time jobs and different responsibilities. And just the very fact that I think the loan doesn't cover the fees is a challenge in itself because there are people, for example, um, while they're studying students with maybe caring responsibilities or they have children or um, they maybe face other challenges like disabilities and it's just not feasible for them to work so much to fund themselves alongside trying to do their masters which they obviously really want to do as well so the reason behind the fund our postgrads is to try and um to campaign um to stormants especially to let them know that it's just not acceptable that the that, that the loan needs to at least cover the fee um, so that it's students crazy, aren't out of isn't pocket. it? It's nearly mm-hmm. like your master's is like a complete oversight. It's nearly like if yeah. you can if you can find the money to do a master's, you'll be okay because yeah, exactly your undergrad will be funded. Um, a lot of probably the majority of PhD students um are funded. Um, of course, there are those who self fund and they have a very different set of issues um mm-hmm. at the minute. But it's the master's this year or sometimes two years in the middle where you're just kind of at a loss you're just kind of hoping mm-hmm. for charity more or less um because there's just nothing there to support you um yeah, so yeah as that's well, so true because you're expected to commit and you want to commit so much of yourself to your masters because you've chosen to do it to specialize in a in a, in a specific area but then I think even just without that even a small bit of maintenance support. Um, I know a lot of people struggle um, to balance more than maybe 16 hours of part-time work a week and 24 plus hours dedicated to their master's as well, yeah. Yeah, I had a friend did a master's with three part-time jobs. Oh my goodness. Um, And you just think like, what chance have you got, you know, and so much of PhD applications um, depend on a good, strong uh, master's grade as well mm-hmm. so yeah no there's a lot of work to be done there mm-hmm. Tasha did you yeah. want to add something there yeah so in terms of uh, financial support obviously if if students are finding themselves in that hardship there is a hardship fund available for students in terms of uh, this year in particular the university has said that there's additional hardship for those affected by covid so it is worthwhile if any students are listening have been affected by, you know, COVID in any sort of impactful way that means that they are facing financial hardship. They can either 
go directly through to hardship and try to apply for it, they can also come to the Advice SU team who are dedicated, free, independent advisors who will help them with filling out those forms and understanding where they can maybe seek financial security in terms of getting some extra money in. Because we, we totally understand that it's been so difficult for students uh, in this sort of like climate to know where they can go for that support. And so Advice SU have been really trying to make sure that students know that there is a hardship fund there. They just need to know how to like apply for it Um and then hopefully they can then secure, I think it's up to £800 uh, per semester. So, I mean, it's really worthwhile. And I know that a lot of students will be thinking, I'm not that hard done by. But if you have faced any sort of financial like impact on your work or uh, you've had your research stalled or you've had problems with like laptops or other like technological difficulties, you can look at hardship and see if it's worthwhile applying. And I would say that for the majority of students, it's worthwhile applying because they will then take it on a case by case basis. They will apply their criteria. And if they don't feel like you actually do fit it, then you won't obviously maybe receive the full money or any money at all. But if you feel like you have been, if you feel like you are in need of hardship, don't feel like you have to judge yourself against another student in terms of requiring it. That's not for you to decide. If you feel like you need it at all, you should uh, try to apply for it. Um, in particular, there's a hardship, uh, the hardship COVID fund, um, we've been told has money in it and has to be used by the end of March. So if students are listening and feel like they need financial help, they should definitely come and speak with advice or talk with, um, someone within the guidance centre. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, I want to turn to you, Lydia, now. Um, can you talk us through a bit about um, research culture at Queen's? What exactly that, does that mean, first of all, um, and what how it's been impacted by the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, research culture is kind of an umbrella term describing the attitudes and behaviours of researchers. Um, I guess it, it kind of encompasses um, your expectations, your goals and how you go about achieving and attaining these things. Um, it's we're, we're actually in quite an exciting time at the moment. Um, I say that while we're in the midst of a global pandemic and... <laughs> never-ending lockdowns um but uh, at the moment uh, queens is uh, sort of launching their uh, research culture action plan um and uh, early february time um uh, the i know tasha and i'll be consulted on how um they're actually going to go about implementing the changes um so within my role as the part-time pg research officer um i've got a couple of um plans of work um and uh, I guess COVID has hit us hard in that we're no longer um, kind of in the same place at the same time where you can kind of chat to other researchers and draw on their knowledge and their expertise. And um, it, it's it's tough trying to, particularly for um, first year students coming through and, you know, starting their PhD uh, in terms of trying to design their experiments and and. I just guess generate results. Um, so one of the things that we're hoping to do to, uh, I guess, compensate for the lack of um, face-to-face uh, time um, is to get more of an online um, 
presence um, and that will come into uh, play in the next couple of months. Uh, so we're looking at uh, getting an online calendar of research-based events across the university, particularly as most of them are being held on Teams. So weekly seminar series and things that hopefully students will be able to drop in on if they see something that catches their eye that's maybe not necessarily part of their particular research centre or even school. Um, and uh, then again, one of the uh, other things, um, gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a big fan of this podcast and actually being part of it now. I'm kind of in <laughs> awe and I keep on forgetting what I want to say next. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess while while I'm thinking about it, um, this podcast and actually um, Chloe, the um campaigns and engagement officer within the SU launched the Sounds of Campus playlist on Spotify. Things like this are great to have in the background while you're in the lab doing work. I mean, that you can have them on in the background and you have that sense of community that doesn't really detract from your work. So I know the grad school has all these initiatives that you can engage in fully and devote your attention to 100% if you don't quite have 100% of that while you're in the lab. These are great alternatives. Just putting that out there. Um, but yeah, um, the sorry, going back to my plans of work then, um, one, one thing that um, I find quite frustrating, and I, I, I said it before, is not being aware of the kind of research resources a- across the university. Um, so what we're hoping to do is get an online toolkit that will outline um, what what's readily available for researchers to avail of. Um, that is a big undertaking. And again, that is something that we will be working with Chris Brown, who is the research policy manager and uh, I guess all the core technology leads um, just to try and group that all together in a user-friendly way. So PhD students will kind of get that as part of their um, welcome to your PhD or master's pack and go, okay, here, here's here's potentially a piece of equipment that I could use to um answered the question that I'm asking and maybe a better way or a more convenient way or even to I guess complement whatever your lab currently uses yeah I don't know if that makes great. sense yeah no it does it would be so helpful um I think just knowing what's out there is sometimes a mystery yeah um I think Queen's um has amazing resources and mm-hmm. um I think the graduate school is so good at pulling us all together and to make you feel like you are part of the university, that you are part of kind of this larger, wider community. Um, but I think that the problem sometimes is that because we have such a huge community, um, we don't connect enough. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're not aware that actually somebody is doing research similar to what I'm doing, but they're doing it in psychology or whatever. Um, you Absolutely. know, there's not, we don't know. We don't know a lot of the time. Um, well, that, so, that's yeah. the goal, to be more interdisciplinary, be more interdepartmental and have that kind of internal collaboration across our university. Because, I mean, we are a Russell group. We are devoted to excellent research. And I, I think we can make you better use, better yeah, and I think use of our own resources. I think that's really important for um, building a social community as well and a support mm-hmm. network is to have different opinions and to have to, the opportunities to meet people in different disciplines and not just to, you know, stick with the little group who are in your office, but actually challenging yourself by finding out how other people are working and 
um, other connections that could be made in the future. So yeah, yeah. I think great work being done. Uh, one of the other ways like to touch on that point about interconnected research, um, there is a postgraduate drop-in that um, launched in February in order to allow for postgrad students to just drop in. It's a kind of like the catch-up cafe, but the idea is that they can tell me a bit about their research, what they're doing, challenges that they're facing, and other students can then drop in at the same time and listen to those trials and tribulations and sort of see that they're not alone in having problems or supervisory issues, um, you know, that sort of thing. And to try to understand that, you know, although we're all working on very individual project goals, that everyone will have some of the similar sort of experiences of struggling with the problem for months on end before they come to their breakthrough. And I feel like you, you touched on a really good point that the postgraduate community is such a diverse group of students and representing them all means that you have to sort of spread yourself quite thin in order to reach all of them. And I think that what you're doing with like the podcast has been great because I think that it helps bring those people together and anything that we can do uh, both within the graduate schools initiatives, but also if there's ideas that they can bring to like the issue that I can uh, work with the office, other officers to like bring to the forefront would be amazing. So, I mean, there's so much variance in age, educational experience, their culture and their societal outlooks that it's just a melting pot of ideas that can be used to boost what you're already doing. So the postgrad drop-ins are Tuesdays and again they launched in February so they're up on the SG's website so people can find the Teams link and join me and just tell me what's going on with your research and maybe tell others that are interested especially if they just need a little bit of an hour-long break you know, midday. Sounds great. I'll see you on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So finally then, can I just ask each of you for one piece of advice that you would give to anybody in our community at the minute who's struggling to establish or maintain a sense of community during their studies? I can go first. Uh, Like I sort of said at the beginning, don't feel like the SG is only for the undergraduates. Come and have a look at what events we're running. Uh, look at the support that's available. There's a lot of things in terms of enterprise SU as well as volunteer SU. So there's a wide range of activities, even in this online space, that you can get involved in that community and sort of build and help them as well as helping yourself to have something else to do apart from your research. So my advice would be get involved in something else. Great. Um, I would say I think basically following on from Tasha's point definitely the SU is there to support you and for you to get involved in and you know that could be by joining um, one of one of the campaigns so like the climate action group or project choice um, or even just getting involved in the students deserve better and fund our postgrads even just one small thing it helps you you know, form a connection with other people. And even at that, if that's not your thing, that's okay. There's movie nights. Um, Tasha holds, I think it's Jackbox games yep. as well. And they're, they're actually so much fun because you're, you know, like you might be sitting on your sofa alone, but you're on teams to everyone else and you're having a good time playing the games. Um, And then I would say probably the last thing is, is that I don't think there's one overall solution to this. So always kind of go easy on yourself and just kind of take the smaller things and see what works for you. Um, and yeah, that the SU just will always be there to, to try and support you in that community sense. Great. Thank you. Lydia? Yeah, um, 
I, I was going to say something similar to Elena, actually, about like, remember you are human. I mean, it is mm-hmm. time to, it, well, it's not time. It, it's fine to take time to yourself. I mean, it's fantastic getting involved in all these initiatives, but also remember a little self TLC and, you know, um, aside from that, uh, from my uh, own kind of philosophical research point of view, uh, it, it definitely helps to remember why you've undertaken postgraduate study. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is, I mean, remember your passion, remember why, and stay strong. Yeah, I think just I would like to just add one thing that I think that I've learned uh, over the past year um, is ask whatever yes. it is that you need. Even if you if you can't find the support, if you think that something doesn't exist, if you think ask someone, either it will already be there, it'll, the support will already be in place, or you can begin this new support. Um, and that can be, that's applied to me from so many things like um, borrowing a computer chair, um, borrowing a spare mouse, um, starting up this podcast. You know, there's anything that you want, ask. Um, the least that, or the most, the worst that can be done is someone can say, no, we don't have that in place at the minute. And maybe you'll be the person then to get it put in place. Um, so yeah, if, if you feel like there's something that you need, just ask for it. Yeah, and any postgrad students listening, like you can email me at su.postgrad or about su.postgraduate. Postgrad should work. However, <laughs> they tell me to say su.postgraduate because I think it sounds more formal. But su.postgraduate at QUB. And like, like you said, if you have any questions or you want to start up something, let me know and I can see if I need to pass you to the graduate school or, you know, take that through like the SU and see what's available for you. But yeah, help is always there. It's just being brave enough, like you said, to ask for it. Great. Thank you all so much for Thank you so joining much. me today. Thank you so much for having us. Um, and Cheers. I will post your contact details, your email addresses below this episode for if anybody wants to reach out. Uh, thank you all. Thank you so much. That's it for this month. Do make sure to vote for your new student officers in the upcoming elections and have your say on who will work for you in the next year. No one knows what lies ahead in terms of lockdowns and restrictions and it's more important than ever to reach out to those around you and make sure our little community here continues to flourish. We hope these episodes have inspired you to perhaps reconnect with those around you and they've reminded you there's always a way to get involved in something that will help you feel like part of the community. Feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter and to let us know what you've thought of these episodes or to raise awareness about your own postgrad initiatives. Until next month, stay safe out there.